The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to the new era. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. Busy show, of course. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us each and every Wednesday. We'll hear from Johnny O and get his thoughts on the latest around TIAA Bank Field the last couple days. We'll look ahead to Week 16, the Jaguars and the Jets. As we said on the UK TV show, it's a Boxing Day bout this Sunday at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and social media questions as always. John, Boxing have... Day is the 26th? Is yes, that what it is? that's correct. Okay, well, then it is a Boxing Day bout. It is. I mean, I didn't just make that up, John. Well, I mean... <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Hey, Bucky, um, good afternoon to you. What's up? What's up, fellas? How are we doing? Hanging in there. You know, it's week 16 coming up. Uh, the Jags have dropped six in a row. So, got to try to figure I, something out. I, here. I don't even I don't even know about those previous 15 weeks. I'm just focused on this week trying to get a 1 and 0 mindset to just win the week. All that other stuff that happened previously doesn't matter. Whatever happens ahead of us doesn't matter. I'm just focused right now. So right it's here a, right now. It's Me a one, too, JP. Uh, it's a one game season for both or for all three of us. Yeah, I like yes. that, Buck. Just focused on right now. I wanted to be the best week that we've had. That's all you can do, John, is uh, focus on the task at hand. And this week, the task at hand is the New York Jets, and they have 15 players on the COVID-19 list as of today, and the head coach is on there too, Bucky. That's a that's a lot to deal with. Now, last week, of course, the Texans had a few guys, some starters on that list. This one uh, seems a lot deeper, and it's uh, starting to become a prevailing topic around the NFL these days. It is becoming a big topic around the, the, the league. Uh, obviously, the virus is spiking. We have new COVID protocols, COVID protocols that are kind of changing the way guys can be active or inactive in those things. But at the end of the day, like the Jets team that the Jaguars face, they're just a bunch of nameless, faceless people. They're just a bunch of green blobs. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter who shows up. I think Jacksonville has to tend to their own knitting and worry about that part before they can be worried about what problems they have going on. Yeah, and can they beat a bunch of green blocks is is the question. I mean, it's you know they haven't beaten anybody in a long time, haven't played one in a long time. So uh, you know, I uh, you know we'll see how this weekend goes. I I I hope they play well, but you know it's it's hard to be optimistic after six weeks. It is. Uh, let's hear from Daryl Bevel, interim head coach, earlier today on uh, you know everybody in the building trying to look for that winning result. I think a boost, it would, John, it would be a boost for all of us. You know, I mean, all these guys are in here. They're, they're, they're working hard. And, um, you know, I mean, everybody's working toward that common goal to get a win. Um, we're trying to limit all the distractions and, and get focused back onto the football field. And, uh, you know, so whether it's Trevor, whether it's anyone else, I think we would, uh, you know, we, we're looking forward to getting the win. As far as Trevor goes, you know, I just want him to continue to progress. You know, it's a, as we've talked many times in here, everything that he's doing is a new learning experience. We want him to learn from the last one. Uh, we want him to continue to get better, and um, you know we're hoping to see that in these last three games. That's Daryl Bevel today, John Ozier. All right, I have a question for the ex-player, not the scout. I have a question for the ex-player. He wears Brooks. multiple hats. Yeah, yes. Well, he wears a lot of hats and and nice hats. He makes a good living. Um, what Bucky? It's so difficult um, with three games remaining, and you're and you're two and twelve, and I'm not sure I. 
I've ever quite felt this way going to the last few games of a season, it, and I've covered some losing teams. But just even having trouble focusing on the storylines, on what matters, on what's important, because of all the distractions in the situation. Uh, you, you probably haven't been in this situation as a player quite this, but how difficult is it for these guys to focus, and how difficult is it? Is it a feeling that once Sunday comes around, you're like, oh, I got a game, or is it possible to focus in all this? I mean, I think you're trying to focus, but um, I think, honestly, it, it's tough when you're mired in a, a losing streak and the playoffs are out the mix and you're just kind of playing out the string. Uh, the young players are trying to play and get experience and, and do that, but I think there's someone in the building, a veteran player, who's told everybody, hey, man, when change happens, we all are on notice. And the only thing that you can do is your game tape is your resume. And so when somebody new comes in, they're going to look at all the games and they're going to look at who was playing and who was playing hard and who was playing well at the end of the year. And those guys will have a chance to continue on as Jaguars. But the other guys who don't perform well, those guys won't be here. And so selfishly, you have to kind of put put it on yourself to make sure. I don't know what the team is going to do, but I'm going to ball out. And I'm going to play at a high level and I'm going to put myself in a position to be here next year. You kind of have to operate selfishly and independently to figure out what it looks like. And then if the team wins, great. But I need to make sure that I play well. And every word you said, Bucky, is the ultimate NFL cliche. But there's a reason cliches are true because it's, you know, it's what you hear from every player in this situation. You know who said that? Daryl Bevel said that on the coaches show yesterday. Too. Right. He said that exact same thing. You He's been to. around the league for 21 years. He yeah. gets it. And you have to because it has been tough. Every ozone question I write right now is about anything but the game on the field. I'm sure every question these guys have is about every game but the game on the field. But at some point, as as tired as it sounds for fans who have heard all this year after year around here, that really does come down to what those that's what those players' mindset has to be. The true pros have to find a way to get into that spot to get prepared and to go play well and play hard. And Shaq Griffin's talked about it a lot, and I consider him a true pro. Um, he's trying to tell young guys, this matters. These next three games to you matter. They matter to this team, and you've got to play like it because that's why you're getting paid. No doubt about that. Uh, certainly for Trevor Lawrence, trying to get things on track down the stretch of his rookie season as well. Only one touchdown pass over the last seven weeks for the rookie out of Clemson, the number one overall pick. But he still has that confidence even with three weeks to go. I think my I think my confidence is good um, right now. It's still it's still intact. You know, I'm still going to go out there and, and play my game. And obviously, I've been saying it. We need to be more productive. We need to score more points. And you know, you mentioned only the one touchdown in, in seven games. Like, I look at that, and it's definitely like I mean, I hate seeing that just because that means we're not scoring a lot of points. You know, it'd be different if we were scoring points still, but in the run game or whatever it is. And, you know, if we're still able to win games, that's fine. Like that's my, that's my job is to try to win games. So, but when you see that and you're not scoring points, you know, those kind of go hand in hand. It's, it's disappointing. And it's something that we definitely are trying to, trying to work on and we got to be more productive and it's all the things, you know, like have some more explosive plays. We got to connect more, stay on schedule, stay on the field longer um, and be better in the red zone. Last week, we had a couple opportunities and didn't finish. So, um, there's all things that we can control to get better at that, and we we got to do it, and that starts starts with me. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. That, that's a direct reflection of um, how many points we've scored, you know, the last last few weeks. 
So that's Trevor Lawrence, of course, uh, earlier today, and you're taking a look at rookie quarterbacks this season, completions and passing yards. Trevor Lawrence second in completions, second in passing yards behind Mac Jones. They'll face off against each other next week. Well, this week, Zach Wilson for the Jets, number four on that list. You know, it doesn't happen too often where the one and two picks in a draft face off against each other. It's only uh, expected to be the fourth time in NFL history that two starting rookie quarterbacks selected first and second overall face off. Uh, the last time it happened was, uh, boy, two, uh, 2015, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. 98 another time, 93 uh, was the first time, at least in recent history. So uh, that's the storyline this week, Trevor Lawrence against Wilson. Next week it'll be Jones. That is what it is, Bucky. Yeah, but it's funny, JP, like just look at those numbers. You're talking about a three completion difference and about 200 passing yards, but perception and reality, right? Perception is that Mac Jones is playing at an all-star level. He's the next Tom Brady and all of this other stuff and that Trevor Lawrence is playing terribly. But when you really look at it, those numbers are really, really close. We don't see completion percentage. And I think what it really speaks to is Mac Jones is playing on a better overall team. And so his performance is hidden in the shadows of a team around him performing at a different level, either by coaches opting to go a different route where they're leaning on the running game, whether the defense is playing um, at a higher level, they're doing something where Mac Jones's numbers are not necessarily a big factor. Whereas Trevor Lawrence is being counted on to carry the team. And I don't think any first year player is able to do that, but I think those numbers, because I hadn't looked at those numbers, those numbers are eye popping that, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence as, oh, my God, is he a bust? And he's right there with Mac Jones when it comes to the production. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, except for the TD interception ratio. I no, guess that's, that's the big that's difference. That's the big but, one, sure. But uh, yeah, a significantly, I don't know if I'm going on a limb here, JP, but a little more stable situation. I'd say, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, it, so I don't know how you uh, – I, mean, I hate saying this because – Everybody talks about the quarterback needs to lift everybody around him. And that's true to a point. But the, but the quarterback, especially a young quarterback, also has to be in a situation where things are functioning around him at a certain level. Uh, and that just hasn't been the case here. So uh, I still go back. I've said this over and over again. People are tired of hearing me say it. I go back to the three games this season where he had a passer rating over 90 going into the bye. It looked like they were figuring stuff out. They had, they had a little stability offensively. James Robinson was healthy and running, mm-hmm. and you started to get a feel for what they wanted to be. J-Rob gets hurt. Everything sort of comes off the rails. It's been a disaster ever since. Uh, and then I look at the first two series of the other day when he, when he had some confidence. Those two things are what I hold on to and think, this kid's going to be okay. I don't think he'll lose confidence. I just don't, you know, and to me, as long as he doesn't lose confidence, as long as it doesn't shake him up what's going on, I think he'll be fine. I don't see any way in the world this kid loses confidence. I, I think he's got a, a core self to stand on that's fine. So I don't really worry about him that much, JP. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't worry much about him uh, either, John or JP. I, th- I think he's wired the right way. I think, if anything, this year has taught me that he has all the maturity and the poise and the professionalism to be a a1 player and i think his game will eventually show that but i think john what you talk about is we like to romanticize the quarterback position as if they're john wayne in the western 
that they just take down everybody. They do it all by themselves and they don't need anything else to be able to thrive and flourish. And when you really look at it, all great quarterbacks typically have a handful of playmakers around them that are high caliber. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing with Devontae Adams. Tom Brady has everybody, like probably two or three Hall of Famers around him in in, in Tampa. Uh, Pat Mahomes has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and the list goes on and on and on. And so before we really can even understand what Trevor Lawrence can be in this league, you got to make sure that you have enough high-end players around him. And so the challenge for anybody in the offseason in terms of building this team back, you have to make sure that you build an offense with enough high-end personnel to allow the quarterback to function at a level that will allow us to judge whether he is legit or not. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine. Members of the Fields Auto Group, plenty ahead. We'll hear from Josh Allen coming up, Jaguars defensive end and outside linebacker. A discussion of Zach Wilson and the Jets moving ahead. Your social questions and it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. you hear uh so i'm not gonna sit up there line and tell you that you know i don't hear it you know or i don't or think about it but uh for me it's best for me and best for this team is to really focus on this week and then focus on next week and focus on finishing the season strong uh finishing the season healthy and uh pray that everything works out and everything falls and uh because we need something great here. uh and i just think in the foreseeable like we have the players and, you know, we just need, you know, so we just need a great environment. And I feel like we're, we're going to get there one day. But for right now, we got to focus on this week and finish uh, strong. That's Josh Allen, of course, defensive in and outside linebacker earlier today. And welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier. The Jaguars face the New York Jets. Uh, Josh Allen on the injury report again this week with that same shoulder issue limited in practice today. He did not start this past game Played about 69% of the snaps last week. We'll see what the uh, focus is moving forward in that uh, regard. On defense, Josh Allen, though, the last few weeks, you know, he had that 10-tackle game about a month ago. Since then, John just hasn't really been able to collect those statistics, at least. Well, there's a couple of things at play here. Shoulder injury, I'm sure, hampered him at times. Uh, again, he is a edge defender, disruptive player when – you are behind all the time, as this team has been behind an unbelievable amount of time this season. They haven't led in six weeks. It's more difficult for those kind of players to make impact. When the other team knows when it can throw and throws when it wants to, it severely limits opportunities for edge rushers to get home. Also, since he had those big games, other teams obviously know that he is capable of that. He's the one player on this defense who can disrupt you and beat you by himself. I'm exaggerating that, but he's 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 that one player is that kind of guy. So teams do what they can to take him away, Bucky. Yeah, I think John, you, you talked about it. Like when you're an edge rusher, you earn the right to be able to rush the passer. And the way that you do it is by being in front and the opponent having to chase points. Well, when the Jaguars are always behind, you don't get an opportunity to really get after it where the quarterback is having to dial it up. You can get in your track stance and go hunt the quarterback. And so it's tough. And unless the defense is playing at a level where they're winning on first and second down and forcing these third and long situations, 
Josh Allen is going to be null and void as a pass rusher. And so we have to kind of evaluate him a little differently. We have to evaluate him on his effort and how he's playing against the run. And then the occasional splash plays that he's uh, making, we have to kind of give them like extra credit because he's not having many opportunities. And that's what's hard about evaluating an all-star caliber player on a team that's not very good right now. If you think about it, the, the last times you really noticed him against Miami, a competitive game, when the Dolphins were not able to sort of dictate when they wanted to do things. Mm-hmm. The Bills, who really couldn't run that day, right. so the Jaguars knew they were going to pass. And the Bills game, frankly, has been the last time they've had a team in a situation where the other team had to throw off schedule or whatever that word is. The Bills had to throw in situations where they didn't want to. And Josh Allen dominated that game. Well, I, I covered Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis for years. Most of their big damage was done at the end of halves, at the end of games, when they knew the other team had to throw, and they were in situations where they could just go get the passer. That's where guys like that thrive. So, uh, Bucky, the New York Jets, speaking of their offense, all these names on the list now and everything, this might obviously change the answer, but – what do they do on offense? What is their what is their bread and butter? Do they have one right now? Uh, this is a team that is built stylistically like the San Francisco 49ers. They want to play that way. Uh, when you look at LaFleur, who's the offensive coordinator, younger brother, Matt LaFleur up in Green Bay, he wants to run the same system that we've seen in Green Bay and the Rams and the 49ers. So it's an outside zone-based running game where they hand it and try and get to the edges. They have a complimentary play-action package where they try and set up these misdirection shot plays where they throw it down the field and across the field and really stretch your defense and test the discipline of your second level defenders. That's what they want to do. Now they haven't been able to do it a ton uh, because they've been down and they haven't had the execution, but in a perfect world, they want to be able to run it and then come and play bootlegs and play action right off of it. So there you go. And of course, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson, at the controls, missed some games earlier this year with a knee issue, but back, and uh, that's uh, obviously the matchup to watch this week. Everybody will talk about it, at least Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence. Defensively, C.J. Mosley's back there. He's the leading tackler on the team, four-time Pro Bowler with the Ravens, now over with the Jets. you got the Williams brothers, Quincy at linebacker, former Jaguar, Quinnen up front. And it's just uh, a matter of who's up and available, I think, on defense for them. Yeah, it is uh, who's up and available. Uh, Robert Sala's scheme is, is pretty simple. Uh, they want to kind of see ball, get ball. They want to hit, run, and cover, do all those things. Don't bring a lot of pressure. They're not really trying to bless a ton. They want to rely on the front four to make it happen, play coverage, keep the ball in front, and see if they can kind of wear you out by being more disciplined and detailed than you. And, and so this would be not necessarily a tough game for Trevor in terms of diagnosing what they're doing. It's more so an execution game. Can he execute against a team that is playing simplistic coverage because it gives their players the best opportunity to execute at a high level as well? We'll return and some social media questions. It's been a busy week or so, I guess year on social media for the Jaguars, (laughs) right? We'll get a couple of those and then a little later our final thoughts ahead of the Jaguars and the Jets. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Yeah, me and Shadi have a great relationship, um, really, ever since I've gotten here. Um, 
we've built we've built great rapport and uh that's you know obviously that's exciting and just i guess going forward is there's a lot of communication in our room so throughout the season every every week there's a ton of communication so i, I know he has a good feel for um things that i like things that i'm good at so i'm really confident in, in what he brings to the table and uh, i'm excited for it i feel like we got a really good start today um but yeah i just think that's a that's a cool thing is that you know we sit in meetings all day and we watch tape and we you know, watch the practice. We'll go over the install, and we just have constant conversation, which is which is nice. So that'll be it'll be cool. That's Trevor Lawrence, of course, Jaguars quarterback earlier today, and welcome back. It's huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, the Jaguars, and the Jets coming up. Social media questions in a moment. Yes, John. Hello. I have a question for the scout this time. Oh, you're yes. Uh, Schottenheimer, Bucky. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, how he might influence things. What might we see different? Uh, you know, like it, it, it'd be tough to do a lot of different stuff. But anytime you have a different play caller, the game and the rhythm changes because everyone kind of sees the game differently. And so it may be the same plays, but he calls them in a different sequence. Also, his relationship with the quarterback in terms of like they've been in the, the quarterback room the entire year since uh, offseason workouts, training camp or whatever, like they've built a rapport. So maybe it becomes more of a little cooperation and a partnership in terms of, hey, Trevor, what do you like? What are some of the top plays that you feel most comfortable in executing? All right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take those five or six plays and I'm just going to change the window dressing around it. I'm a shift. I'm a motion. I'm going to do that. But we're going to run these five or six plays over and over and over again so you feel comfortable. Uh, it might it might be some of that, but his original background is he's a West Coast guy. Um, he, he wants to run the pure West Coast offense. He wants to find a way to shift and maneuver and move the defense, and they want to hit you with a bunch of short passes and allow the playmakers on the outside to catch and run and make things happen. Uh, I don't know if he's afforded that opportunity to fully go all the way in, but I'm sure he will put his own touches on whatever they've been doing this season. Let's get to social questions. Uh, we put out the bat signal on Twitter earlier today. Here's the best we've come up with this afternoon on Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. At Carnival Thomas, has anyone had the number one draft pick three years in a row? I don't think so. No. No. No, I can tell you no. Only a, a few have done it twice. No. I can give you the breakdown on this. Uh, Tampa did it twice, 76-77 and 86-87. Uh, the Cleveland Browns did it in their expansion year back in the league, 99-2000. And then they did it a couple years back. I think it was 16, 17, the 17, 18. Mayfield somewhere in and range. Garrett back to back. Yeah, yeah uh, the sure. Colts had it 90 and 92, and then again 98. The Cowboys once had it two of three years. Uh, and there's another team that had it two of three years at some point. So it's, I mean, this is not the company you want to keep. No. So uh, that's the reality. But it, those lists also show you you can you can get out of it. You know, it it takes a build. It takes doing the, doing things the right way. But being here does not mean you can't get there, Bucky. No, I mean, look, selfishly, I would say, like, I'm okay with being here because if you're going to be bad, you want to be all the way bad so you get the benefits of it. And it's not only having the first pick in the first round, it's having the first pick in all of the rounds thereafter. So it gives you an opportunity to double up and get some playmakers and get some people, some vital pieces that are needed. And so – Look, if, it, if if I had my druthers, look, I want us to play really well, play hard, but if we somehow fall short the next three weeks, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> Take advantage. Just got to pick the, pick the right guy. It'll hurt, but not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, Soften on, on the blow. The 
it'll soften the blow because there's some good players this year. And because the Jaguars aren't in need of a quarterback, it's a really good class. There are a bunch of um, pass rushers and offensive linemen that are available that can be difference makers. And so it's a great opportunity to fortify some positions that are, look, positions of need. And so that's what it is. The only place I would say I would stay away from, I would not take a wide receiver at the top of the first round. But outside of that, carte blanche. It's open season. <laughs> <laughs> One more social media question today. This is from at Free State FLA. Is there a jugs machine used by the players each day? Well, I think this is referring to the drops, Bucky. Five of them, I think Bevel said the other day, last week. Ooh. I mean, it's yes, all- yes, there is. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is, yeah. is the answer. And I'm sure that's what this person is referring to. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you have so many drops, but I think everyone should be on the jugs machine. Offense, defense, everybody needs to catch the ball because, um, look, the the wide receivers need to catch it and make plays, but the linebackers and DBs, they need to catch it and have an opportunity to turn it over. With the turnover factor, the turnover battle being the biggest deciding factor in who wins or loses the game, yeah, we need to do it. But for the wide receivers, absolutely. They need to go on the jugs twice a day. they should have it all the time. Give them all a little football so they can go home with and they can sleep with them. But they need to catch the ball better in this game than they did the previous week for sure. <laughs> there you have it. Okay. I don't know why that cracked, Not much me, to add, JP. Why that cracked me up so much, but it did. Uh, we'll take our final timeout. We'll come back, our final thoughts, before the Jaguars face the New York Jets in Week 16. And it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and the Jaguars face the New York Jets this coming Sunday. And, uh, you know, the names keep rolling in for the New York Jets. Uh, as we went on the air, there were, what, 15 names on the COVID list. John, you saw a couple more have popped on there now. I mean, they, they keep adding names to the list in New York, it feels like. Yeah, uh, three more. Uh, wow. Safety, Ashton Davis. For a second, I thought it was Ashton Sullivan. I said she must be making better money than she is here. Uh Defensive tackle, John Marshall, and tight end, Kenny Yubo. I mean, they're at 18 plus the head coach. So wow. it's it, it's something. It's, it's, just, it's something to watch, It's the world Bucky. we live in right now, unfortunately. Something to watch. Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, it's going to be a shorthanded team. And so how do the Jaguars take advantage of the Jets not necessarily having a full squad? That would be interesting to see. Does that mean that all of a sudden Brian Schottenhammer and the offense decides to go up-tempo to maybe take advantage of some of the lack of depth that the Jets may have for a game? Uh, do you uh, do things differently on defense to try and test the backups that are now thrust into prominent roles? Maybe all that's out there and available, but it was available last week. So we just see how it, how it works out. That's right. And, and by the way, if Robert Sala is not um, coaching, I, I think he could probably technically still come back by game time. If he can't, Ron Middleton would take over as the head coach of the Jets, former Jaguars tight ends wow. coach. Yeah, been, good for Ron. Good be guy. Great. What a dude. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him get the opportunity because I like Ron personally. It'd be yeah. cool to see. I mean, I don't want Robert Sala not to be there. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, uh, yeah, good for Ron. Yeah, so we'll see. That's uh, obviously a storyline to, to follow moving ahead. Uh, there are some Texans now that have been added to the list since the game on Sunday. All that's going on now. Uh, there's a lot happening there. Unfortunately, well, um, there's, well, there was one added to the list here today. Travis Etienne was added to the COVID-19 list here for the Jaguars, the first one. In a while for mm-hmm. the Jags, in fact. So um, there you have it. Bucky, um, have a great holiday, man. Good to always talk ball with you. And 
Uh, we will talk to you on Boxing Day, Sunday. Yeah, let's do that. I wonder if there can be some little Jaguars victories under my tree. I, uh, I'm going to go and look and see if I can find some of those under the tree or maybe in my stock and maybe stocking stuff for Santa left some, some Jaguars wins. Well, Hopefully, move the coal, the lump of coal out of the way first, and then you can get down to the <laughs> dig all the way down but, into the stocking and find it. But if not, if I don't get the victories, then I certainly will be okay with the number one pick just kind of dangling right up under the ornaments. You know, it's one you missed, like under the tree. Yeah, that's the right, one that the little ticket at the top. So. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Bucky, Merry Christmas, buddy. We'll talk to you. Hey, happy holidays, you guys. Have fun. Bucky Brooks out of here. Joe Fortunato on the audio. Brent Reber on the video. That's John Osier. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.